everyone. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's Wednesday morning and it's a glorious day right here on the Lower East Side. I'm joined in the studio by my partner in crime, Miriam Pascal, for one hour of schmoozing, chatting. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say eating, but I'm going to go through Miriam's bag because I know she's always got some good nush in there for me. <laughs> ZK is in the house. We're going to have an incredible show. I'm super hyped today because my book is literally right off the presses. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachan and I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a personal chef, cookbook author, two books now. Uh, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I'm happy to do it for you. I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling and sharing of great recipe ideas. Great ideas and recipes. I said that right. You know what I mean, guys, right? Um, okay, I want to hear about your ex- food experiences too. So uh, feel free to email me, Naomi, at nachamsegel.com. My email was down for about four weeks when I got my new phone. It didn't translate over because I couldn't remember my password. So now my email address is up and running for Naomi at So you can continue your email. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Um you guys know that I love to travel, right? Like I've done a lot of traveling in the last two years. I've been to like, I don't know, 10 countries or 12 countries or cannot get enough of flying around the world. I don't know. Even even though I was like Israel, Florida, I'm going to Toronto this coming week for a book signing. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I want to say I'm addicted to traveling, right? Would you say that about me? I love going to the airports. I love looking at snacks at the airports. I love getting on the plane. (laughs) The one thing I don't like is landing. I don't like landing. It makes me a little bit. I don't like airport security lines. That's the part I don't like. Right. So here's a trick, Miriam. TSA pre-check. Not all of us fly as often as you do. No, but it's hundred bucks and it's good for five years. Only a hundred dollars? Yeah. Seriously, it's worth it. Because you probably stayed in crazy lines when you were in Chicago the other week. Chicago wasn't bad. They really. How was Indiana? The airport was so cute. The lady was picking me up at the airport. I called her. She said she's outside. I called her. I'm like, how am I going to find you? She's like, come outside. There's only one other car. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the cutest thing ever. I want to go to South Bend. The it's... airport is so tiny, and the plane was also tiny. It was like the little engine that could chugging all Ooh, the way to Indiana. <laughs> amazing, amazing. We're going to talk to Miriam about her, cra- her foodie adventures and, you know, some with me, some without me. Also doing some great things and lots of traveling. Um, okay, so I have on the phone with me uh, Rabbi Benny Rappaport. He was on the phone with us last year. He runs a Kalahari, you know the Kalahari Resort in the Poconos? Not actual Kalahari in Africa, but there's a water park. And uh, Rabbi Rappaport has put together a program. And we spoke about it last year and I actually went. So now I actually have some uh, framework to uh, to share with everyone, but he's on the show because he's working on Hanukkah again. Welcome back, Rabbi. Thank you so much, Naomi, and thank you, Miriam, for having me, and congratulations on the new book. Thank you. It's thank you. crazy. It's crazy that we are uh, talking about a second book and the second year talking with you uh, at your amazing program, too. So tell us a little bit about what uh, is going on there. How long? How long ago did you start this? Well, we've been doing hospitality and events uh, about four or five years, uh, winter and summer. And Kalahari was the first year was last Hanukkah, and it was wonderful to see the response. You know, when you travel and you talk about traveling, the hardest thing for kosher families, of course, is the food. And you know, you bring food along, but you're you're schlepping out of a out of a bag or out of right. a silver foil. Here, you know, when we provide the beautiful meal service at the ballroom in the banquet center, you feel like a real resort guest. You're able to enjoy the amenities. You're able to comfort dinner with your family light the menorah in the evening uh, in the dining room and really enjoy uh, delicious, fresh food, freshly prepared on China and just feel like, you know, this is a wonderful family time that you deserve. Yeah, I absolutely loved it last year. And, you know, I'm always looking to travel. And when you and I met and we did this collaboration last year, you know, I wasn't even skeptical from the beginning, like a new place, you don't know what it's all about. I hadn't even heard of Kalahari at all. As even as a resort, for some reason it was like off my radar. You put it on the radar, and it was fantastic. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many places to go, but you know what? It's really nice to be able to go somewhere close. If you don't want to shell out the big bucks and, you know, get on an airplane and travel to another country or to Florida, if you want to just be in the area but really get a taste of the warm weather and a taste of just relaxing and spending, whether it's Shabbat with your family or whether it's just a weekday program, you know, checking in Sunday, checking out Monday, it's really something that people have loved, and we're so excited to be able to do that again for the community. No, it's fantastic. And you're running like two weekends, right? Right. So the Shabbat program is actually Erev Hanukkah. It's the uh, 30th of uh, November through the 2nd. And then the weekday program runs December 2nd and 3rd, which is the first night of Hanukkah. And then we have another weekday program for the last night of Hanukkah, the last two nights, which, of course, is uh, Sunday and Monday, the 9th and the 10th. So it's all on our website, HanukkahKalahari.com, and people can see the options and uh, the different rooms. The, the rates are actually phenomenal. Those of you that have been to Kalahari know how expensive those rooms can get, especially the African Queen Suites, which is really fantastic to have a three-room suite with your family. Everybody yeah, has amazing. And uh, we've been able to offer uh, our guests a really good deal um, on the ra- on the room rates, as well as you know beautiful meals um, it, it's, served. So it's right great. before the big you know holiday rush for them. Also, like you know Hanukkah is much earlier than the the regular holiday season for everyone else. So correct, you know. Early in December, and you know what's also nice about the setup there? The it's, it's an enormous resort, and there's like a thousand hotel rooms. I mean, it's it's, it's mega enormous. But the banquet center is its own wing, its own private space. It's only for banquet guests, and it's really great to have a place to daven, a place to have your meals, a place to light the menorah, a place to kind of hang out with the community. Whether you know, in between all the activities that you're doing. I I, I loved it. I love the fact that after being in the water park all day, I could come and have dinner. <laughs> Was yeah, great. and a phenomenal and fresh hot dinner and just beautifully with choices, you know, and salads and soups and dessert. And it's just really, uh, it's really wonderful. And we, we know, we love having guests. We're, we've done events at different places, whether it's Kalahari, whether it's at the Radisson Hotel. Or, what do you do at the Radisson? Other. So we'll be there all winter, actually, at the oh. Radisson. We have four Shabbatons planned. Yes. You Hello? Hello? Hello, as well as awesome. three in February. It's a wonderful, the Radisson Hotel in Scranton. I've got to tell you about it. Yeah, it's a 100-year-old building. Okay. It's, it's a former train station. I mean, it is just, just Google it, Radisson Lackawanna Tachana Rishona, like in Yushalayim. Okay. Yeah, and it's this beautiful, stunning building with so much character, and yet they redid the entire hotel, all new rooms, carpets, bathrooms. So it's really, really uh, balabatish and comfortable, but it's also really interesting, and there's a nice lobby to hang out in. And again, the banquet center has its own private wing. So we, we booked the entire hotel, it's about 100 rooms. Oh, um, where this? Weekend, I'm yeah. literally writing this down because I yeah, want to go too. Okay, it's so. very Hamish. It's very, very Hamish. Yeah, and we have the, every weekend is kind of a different flavor. We have the Yeshiva Week for families. We also have a uh, weekend geared for adults in the end of February with Rabbi Shays Taub, who's going to be our scholar in residence. So there's a lot of fun uh, events. We have a President's Weekend at the at the rest. And then what's really nice about it is that we broker tickets and we have kosher, hot kosher food at Montage Mountain, which what's is about. That? 10 minutes away. So if you want a local ski mountain, which is family-friendly, a great place to learn or take the kids, whether it's tubing or skiing. Do they have tubing? I'm a tuber. I know. It sounds funny with my accent, tuber. I, I do tubing. I like two feet on the ground. I don't really ski. I'm Australian. They have a couple different options there, uh, tubing, skiing, snowboarding. Um, they also have something called earboarding, which is like sledding on a on an inflatable sled, which is a lot of fun as well. Oh, my we God. Do groups, we do like yeshivas will come, 150 kids. Yeah. Or, okay, Naomi or and I are coming. <laughs> okay, wait. So when is this? What dates are they? Do you know? So Yeah, absolutely. So we have... Everyone um, grab pen and paper. Okay, I've got mine absolutely. handy. We have January 18th to the 20th. January week. 18th, yeah. We have February 1st to 3rd. What's then? Uh, what's nice about the Radisson is that it's a great place for families to come that want to do, let's say, a family reunion or a gathering or a brachas or bar mitzvah. We've gotten so many requests. Every time we do an event, people will come over to us and say, this is wonderful. You know, I have a bar mitzvah coming up next year. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg if I do it in Passaic or if I do it in, you know, five towns, whatever. Um, what would it cost? And can we? And we'll book the hotel, and we'll actually do a private event at the Radisson for a family. So we actually have two groups already booked. One is about 100 people. One is about 30 people that will have a private dining room, February 1st to 3rd, and we'll enjoy you know the family together with so a So anyone can come spread. up. So anyone can come up then. Yeah. So it's open to the public. Exactly. I'm literally checking couples, my calendar, groups, Rabbi. I've got my phone up. I'm checking my calendar, guys. I know you're all listening to the show on your app or on you know on your kitchen computers. But everyone grab your phones and have a, check your calendars. I think it'll be really fun. Let, let, 
February 1st, 2nd and 3rd. And you can go now, skiing. Now here's what I have something special for your listeners, not me. So I'm going to offer for the Kalahari events coming up for both Shabbat and the weekday events, for the next five days, we're going to offer a special gift to everyone that registers. You can get $50 off per room for the weekday program or $100 off per room for the Shabbat program. Yes, per room. If you book two rooms, you save $200. It's a gift for your followers, listeners, group members, and there's a promo code. Okay, you ready for this? Okay. Naomi. Oh, me. I'm a promo code. Yay, I love big promo codes. They can go to the website. They can actually put the promo code in, and we'll see how the money gets cut off, and the gift goes back to our guests. So we're happy to do that for you. Oh, that's so nice. So that's the Cal- that is for the Kalahari uh, Hanukkah weekend programs. Yeah, okay. and that expires November 5th. I'm going to also promote that on my Instagram and do a swipe up straight through. Now let's just go back to the other one. It's January 18th, February 1st through 3rd. I'm taking very good notes here because I really <laughs> want to – I'm always looking to do something fun with my family. What else? And then we have President's Weekend, which is February 15th through the 18th. Okay, Big yeah. Big ski weekend, of course. And the last weekend for the winter is uh, February 22 to the 24th, and that's with Rabbi Chase Taub. Do you have a website with all the information about no. the various... Oh, good, good question, yes. Miriam. Yes, my... I'm coming for you. MyPoconoKosher.com. My... My... PoconoKosher.com. I've actually got it. Okay, because like, we, we've we checked out the site before. That is fantastic, guys. You know, sometimes going overseas or going to Miami or, or you know, getting on a plane or a train is a little bit expensive. You can use your points. That's great. I use mine a lot. That's how I get travel around a lot. But to be able to just pack the kids in the minivan, I know it's very cliche using saying the word minivan, or the Honda Pilot. We've got a Honda Pilot. Um Load everyone up and come away for Shabbos. I think that is or or just if you can't take it away Shabbos, go Sunday, Monday. And I love these I love these weekend aways. I yeah, and you know, there are some very expensive programs out there, some really pricey things. And what we do is we offer something that's a balance. It's beautiful, it's balabatish, it's fresh, there's an abundance of food, it's set up beautifully, it's served nicely, and yet it's affordable for the common family. And that's really what's been so successful in the past four or five years. You know what I like about your program? You've got everybody from all walks of religious life there. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful to I, see I like, love everybody it. mixes? It's, I love it. I that's, always find right, that heartwarming. Part. I always find that very heartwarming. It's, yeah, it is, because we're all Am Yisrael Chai. You know, we're all the same, really. It doesn't matter what kind of hat or yarmulke or strimo, It's Everybody's comfortable. And we have proved it this week, actually, with, with you know, to put a little bit of a sadder note on onto what we're talking about, you know, but with, with what happened in Pittsburgh. Didn't matter what religious walk of life you are, everybody's come out to support what happened in Pittsburgh. And I, th- yeah, I think unfortunately, that right. It's, is, the, it's the challenges, it's the difficult times that bring out this unity, this unanimity that we all have, this neshama that we all share. That's all the same. Yes, it's all the right. same. You know, we're all Jews, religious, I'm not Shabaka. religious. Strimal, kipasrogan, no yamaka, baseball cap, girl, boy. We're just one in the same, and and that's how they look at us. And we got to show this achdot, and we really did. You know, this week, um, yeah. I was, I was, it was a proud moment for all of us um, when that happened. But a terrible, tragic tragic uh Shabbos that we we all had we all woke up to this crazy news uh not woke up but said we grab our phones and we're looking at at our phones and somebody said oh you know I couldn't you have to kind of work out what's happening because people are posting sad pictures and this and that and then you're like what's going on and then till you see a massacre in in actually you know we were actually having our kiddush this morning um at our Chabad center, and a reporter walked in with a t- with a video ca- the camera. What? And, yeah, she walked right in and said, "Hey, there's a, a we want your comment, you know, about the um, look what happened." Obviously, we couldn't do any interviews, but uh, that was how we found out. Oh wow! They went straight to the Jewish. The where are you? The, where yeah, are they you? Were, they just first address. They came to the Jewish and Jewish Discovery Center is what we call our, our organization here. Where is it? Where, where are you it, located? We're we're in a, in a suburb of Scranton called Clark Summit. Beautiful community out there. Lovely. Very nice. And and they came straight to you. They probably Googled, you know, local Jewish community from where they were. Yeah, I mean, we've been, I mean, we do lots of different events in the community. So we're, they're aware of who we are and, you know, our presence. So 
um, you know, we've been interviewed and they've come to you know, different events throughout the year. And we do a summer festival called the Jewish Food Fest at uh, I saw a that. local park. <laughs> I saw that. Five days of, uh, in the park. It was amazing. It was amazing, actually. Yeah, amazing. A lot of Jewish ethnic foods. People, a lot of the non-Jewish people love it. You know, the knishes and, <laughs> and the, uh, the schnitzel, the falafel, the shawarma. That's, you know, food, I agree with you. Food is a phenomenal creation by the Abish Hashem created food to bring people together. It's the most powerful uh, you know, tool of intimacy, and and you know we're we love to have, especially on Shabbos. You know, it's just a great, great moment. Friday night, everyone's sitting together. The week is gone, and it's it's really a great time to connect with our fellow brothers and sisters. And and we we elevate food by giving it a bracha. It's like think about baking challah and and, and what you say when you make challah. You know, first you you do hafrashas challah, and then you wash and then you bench just to eat a slice of bread. How well, much, the, the how much Kedusha has bread, you know? That, yeah, the Shulchan is compared to a Mizbeach. Because just like the Mizbeach, where you elevate all levels of life, the mineral, the vegetable, the animal, elevating it to the level of Madaber, to the human level, we're able to use it for holy purpose. In the same way, the table, where we put mineral, vegetable, and animal, and we eat it with the right mindfulness, focusing on using the energy to serve Hashem, and as an instrument of bringing people together, an instrument of Shabbos for Yantif or Siddhas Mitzvah, these are all tools that allows us to elevate those those elements, to elevate the food and to refine it and to reveal the spark of Kedusha. I love that. You know, I try to bring a lot of my thoughts into my book also about, you know, food being so special, you know, in a, especially in a world where it's everyone's gone food crazy, you know, that we have to still, it's to bring some ruchnius to food. Right. Unfortunately, anything in the world that they should create has a dual purpose. You know, you can use it in the right way or the wrong way. And a lot of American cultural food has become very shallow and very, and not just the garbage food that's out there, but just it's become, you know, people walking around the street and eating in the street, which is something which is uh, not a most Jewish ideal. Right, right. Not the most edel behavior. Yeah. Right, so, right. Uh, exactly. Bring back the holiness in life. Bring, exactly. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, guys, so I want everyone to sign up. <laughs> I'm bossing you all around now to come on vacation with me. Um, we've got two weekends at Kalahari. Look at the, the level of even the conversation, how brilliant Rabbi Rappaport is as a Tamar Chochem, as an event planner, <laughs> as an event planner, as a rabbi, just everything. And this all happens. But let me tell you, it really does reflect. Last year when he was on the show, I had no framework. It sounded like a great program. Let's go check it out. I was there. I am now speaking from experience. The program was amazing. And I just, you know, it was a nice little break running around crazy, you know, doing chop competitions and cookbooks and demos and radio shows. And and I got to come with my family for a couple of days and not have to schlep food with me. What a machaya. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure having you as well. and look forward to the next one. Okay, great. So we've got a promo code coming up for the next five days. Uh, use the promo code promo. Naomi at mykosherpocono.com. Do you have any? The website is, the website is Hanukkah Kalahari. Oh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah Kalahari. Great. Fantastic. And then a whole bunch of weekends in February for skiing. Kosher catered weekends with a little bit of ruchnius, a lot of ruchnius as well for some of those Shabbos <laughs> programs with scholars and residents. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, my pleasure. All right, take, take care. care. Shabbat shalom. Wow, it's always so nice to talk to him. Isn't he so yeah, fun? That's amazing. He's great. Oh, and when I met him in person. I'm excited. Perth, I want to go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Maybe bring some of your family. Yeah, or I'll just go with my Nachman family. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it's it's really sweet. Like, you know, you know, they interviewed me for the Mishpacha magazine yeah. about um, the book. The book. They said, what was one of the exciting parts about doing the book? I said, having Miriam move in. <laughs> I really did. People think I'm joking, but I actually moved in for three weeks. She, Yeah. We got some big, strong, strapping Vasil boys <laughs> to unpack the car. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't my moving props. in. It wasn't really my moving in, my little bag of clothing. It was, right. you know, it, It's actually all the props. props. Um, anybody who followed the craziness on Instagram will see uh, yeah, or it was... saw what went on. So, um, should we talk about that process? Let's talk about that process. Okay. Well, let, let, let's talk about the process of how Perfect Flavors came to be. So, okay. after Perfect for Pesach, I was sitting after a chop competition, right? It was about Yomatzmoet. 
I was on the phone with Gordalis Ladowitz and I had this idea. I'm like, maybe I should do a non-Pesach book. I'm like, Miriam, what do you think? And Gordalis said, okay. Rabbi Ladowitz, Rabbi Mayer was still alive at the time and he he gave us the permission to go ahead. And then Miriam and I said, okay, let's do this. And then from there, it was another, from May of last year till yesterday, literally, two days ago. All <laughs> information. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the creative side. Okay. And, and Miriam's done, this is her fourth book that she's photographed. That's Not, true. You're catching up to John Ua. <laughs> Am I saying it right? Uher? I have no idea. I don't know. He's done Susie's books. He did um, Elizabeth Kurtz's books. Um, so you're, you're, you're getting up there, Miriam. We get to see <laughs> a lot more of your work and you get to see Miriam's work on Instagram as well uh, and on different websites and companies and magazines pay her to do this excellent food photography. Thank you. Okay, so talk about it. The photography? Okay, yeah. so before we started the photography, first I had to pack up my whole studio. I have a studio in my home. I converted one of the bedrooms into a photography studio. So I have, um, it's hard to describe like the quantity of props, but I have thousands of pieces. I'm just saying thousands. I have, you know, backgrounds and plates and bowls and napkins and cups and flatware. And Explain what you mean by background to someone okay. who, I know what a okay. background is. So when you look at a picture, you probably notice the props you know, which means the dishes, the napkins, the glasses, all that stuff. What you probably don't notice, but you will after hearing this, <coughs> is the whatever backdrop. So if you're wa- if you're watching, not just on listening. our Nachum Siegel Net channel on YouTube. So pick something that's a vi- more of a vibrant yeah, one, like a distinctive backdrop. Okay, we're, we're flipping through the book. Okay. Naomi loves this picture. Okay, I'm obsessed with this picture because I'm obsessed so, with the bowl. Shout out to One Tabletop where I bought it. Um, so this is what you might immediately notice, the bowl and the salad servers. By the way, that's the bowl from my house from that I bought yes, at One Tabletop. Yes, this is not one of my props. I use some of my props. These were house. my props though, right? I think so. I think so. I gave them to you. You may have. I don't know where I they are. a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, but what you may not have paid attention to in the past is the back. The background. So this is I bought this um, custom made actually in Russia. It's not a table. It. It's, it's not just a, a table. Big piece it's of a, wood. It's a giant board. It's actually double sided, and I'll show you some of the other. Um, and some here are wood. If you're looking at the book and you're watching us on the YouTube channel, okay. some is wood. It's called uh, dumpster well, diving, Miriam. Well, it wasn't quite dumpster diving. Some, some of them, Melinda Strauss, you know Melinda, kitchen tested, and Honey's done it. Honey Applebaum, busy in Brooklyn. I have, Miriam's I done have it. They done go, most they go, of this. they go through like. So here's here's another to look background. for the ultimate board. So this green one that you'll see. This is also like so. Those are double sided big wood boards, and I buy those. They come from Russia. Um, you didn't actually have to go to Russia. No, but I, it would have been fun to go to Russia. I know, it? right? Okay, next book. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> um. But then, so then there's, you'll see a lot of like very rustic natural wood, like. That she found like on the side of the street that she took well, and no, cleaned so up. Well, no, so this I actually went to, went to a reclaimed wood yard. And oh, really? They, they usually, they build beautiful furniture out of the reclaimed wood. It's like when they tear down old barns and things. But they had like a scrap pile because the furniture they build is so expensive, like. If I were rich, I would buy a dining room table from them for like $8,000. It is so beautiful. Made from old wood. Yeah. Just let's get no, that No, no, but like so beautiful. Like custom made and like f- beautifully finished. But they told me, I, I said, I, I wasn't really looking to spend thousands of dollars. They were like, well, you can go to the scrap pile over there. And basically I loaded up my whole car for like 40 bucks. That's amazing. And so like this, for example, by the way, shout out to Homegrown Kosher, Ahuva. Ahuva. She, uh, she gave she, us this bread that we she, used as a prop here. She's been on, she was on the show a couple months ago. Oh, okay. So that um, so this is, is um, from that reclaimed wood yard. And you'll see if you look throughout the book, like the really rustic pieces of wood, um, you'll notice. Okay, those, we're flipping through the book. What other backgrounds are there? So sometimes we use like fabrics. Like on the spatchcock chicken, rather than having a hard wooden board, we have like material. It's burlap. 
which bit. I thought kind of went with the color scheme we had going on. And these are all things that you have to think about. So, oh, and then I have these beautiful marble boards that we use. Oh, they're the beautiful. These were made for me by Abby Wallen. And we love you, so Abby Wallen. Beautiful. You know, Abby was one of the first um, guests on this show when really? she did Sweet Up. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So she made these for me, and they're so beautiful, and they're like one of a kind. I hope like, she's coming to the book launch. I hope so. We have, you to, wanna, be in touch with we have her. to be in touch with her. Yeah. Because okay. she's we'll be, it's we'll, right in her neck of the woods. If you're in Passaic. Oh, Pisaic, I think I spoke to her about it. Um, so anyway, I packed up all my backdrops and all of my plates and cups and bowls and napkins. And I first I sent some with Naomi ahead of time because – my little Camry wasn't going to hold it all. <laughs> and I had, um, yeah, and I had, then we unloaded it onto, what, we have four tables in your garage? Yeah, we, we opened up all the tables. And we just set them up. And then for each picture, we had a kitchen staff. How many people did we have? Oh, sometimes there was like Sorry, three and sometimes there was like eight. <laughs> I just say, we are such a great community of foodies like and, and friends. And, and if it wasn't for social media and Instagram, a lot of us would never have met and become really close friends it's amazing right, right? we through. would not have met look at Kaya Suri and I we're 20 years apart it's, and you went there for Shabbos I went there for Shabbos it's like yeah. so cute we became so close um people came literally rod at the sleeves Naomi Elberg not only helped me with her uh with the the, the uh, babka recipe for the book came and made it with us She's Kayla awesome. Kay so many people came and topped challah with us for the book I met Mahalo recipes great, but I'm not good at braiding it. So Miriam so Blander came, uh, came and braided, and Kayla came and, and topped. Riva, and I don't know her name now. Riva but... Yaffe. Oh. She got married between the first two books. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Melinda, just I don't Marky even. I'm Hirsch not even Marky Hirsch. I don't. I don't I'm even want to. Start I'm scared. I'm not listing because I don't want to leave someone out. So many people and came all, and helped. They're all listed <clears> in the front of the book. Um, we should. We should do a giveaway. We should do a giveaway. We should do a giveaway. Maybe. We should like both sign this book and then we should like do a giveaway. Giveaway. But we can't both sign this one because this is for ZK. Oh. Can you sign? Maybe you'll sign ZK's book also. Okay. <laughs> this is for after. ZK. This is special for ZK, this book. Um. Yeah. So we had people in the kitchen making food and this was like, it's exhausting. Like when I think about it, I'm like, how do we do it? It's exhausting. Know. It was like 12 hour days and there was a staff in the kitchen headed by Naomi making the food and then I had Marianne Blander most of the time in the studio with me. The and studio is my den. Okay. Den. The studio is my den. I studio. didn't have a photography studio in my house. <laughs> I have a den which has the one the outside wall of the den, the back wall, is glass. So, so it was all natural light. Of. That's why the carpet is discolored if you've ever been to my den. Because I do not want to put up anything from that beautiful right. natural light that comes into that room. Right. Um, and then a whole bunch of uh, recipes uh, were photoshot, photoshot, photoshooted, photographed. Photographed. There you go. Um, at back at Miriam's, there was a few things I tweaked. There was actually a recipe I tossed out. I said, "This is a beautiful the photo." Very last minute. And the very, and I was already very close to going to print. And I went to Mrs. Eisner from Arts Girl, and I said, "This recipe is not working. What should I do?" And I went to Miriam. I'm like, "What should I do?" She goes, "You can't have anything in the recipe that you don't love." And I did not love that. It wasn't – my mum made it. It's one of my mum's recipes. And I, I, I called my mum five times a day, what's going on, what's going on? Like, you make it for me. You, I think it worked for my mum because she's in Australia. And sometimes ingredients, ingredients are different, different, are different there. And it worked for her and it wasn't working. I tossed it. So if you ever go to Australia, you can make the recipe. We'll have an Australian version of this book with a U in it, flavors, <laughs> and that and that recipe. But it was just it so was at the very last minute. I we, tossed it. I tossed the recipe and we replaced recipe, it yeah. with a, with an egg, one of the eggplant recipes. But it, every photo, every recipe, even before, if you work backwards and look at a timeline of a book going, you know, off from the shelf, and the step before that was going into travel, you know, how it's packed up in the warehouse, and then from the printer. Before it goes to print, it goes into something called a blue line, which the print again has laid out for us to do a final check to make sure the pages are straight, to make sure there's no final spelling mistakes. That's two P's, and you know who I'm talking to over there. <laughs> um, so everything is just just make sure the colors are right. What else right. do they check off for blue lines? Um, so you just want to make sure that there's enough sets of eyes that 
you know, even though we've done many, many rounds of editing and Miriam has a very good friend who's a made like and a I'm, big. Yeah, she's so a really I, good I still found a few things right. after, after, after. And, you know, it gets done and whatever it is, it's finished and it goes to the printer. But the step before that, I'm going backwards in our timeline, is, is um, the hours of recipe testing and writing is just, you know, it's not so simple. When a company says, write me a recipe. Or a friend says, you know, a newspaper or you just want to write a recipe. Right, so I, w- I do want to point out that there's a difference between like writing a quick recipe for Instagram where A, you can make changes if some people have questions and B, it doesn't have to be written all professionally because it's just, you know, it's 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 fun. It's space. casual. It's casual. I like but that word. For a cookbook, there's no casual. Everything has to be so exact. You want people everywhere to be able to recreate the recipes exactly the same way. Every time. Without questions because it's not like Instagram where they can just send a message or write a comment. You know, what can you clarify this? It has to all be there. It has to be clarified. And it's hours of writing it. And then the editor says, but what did you mean when you said dice the onion? Is it large dice? Is it small dice? What do you mean when you say, you know, cook it until it's golden brown? How long is that for? At, at what and temperature? What visual cues do you want to give the person so that they know that they're in the right place? There's so much that goes into it that's the opposite, I would say, of a casually written recipe that you might post on Instagram or Facebook or something. You know, mix all the ingredients together and put it in the oven at 350 for an hour. That doesn't fly with a cookbook, you know, not it's, a professional cookbook. I just want to say something about Miriam and, the, and the, what she's talking about. Miriam has several platforms. She has a blog post. She writes for newspapers and magazines. She has her social media a Facebook group, and she's done two of her own books. So she's literally the voice of experience that no one else has really had. No, think about it, Miriam. No one else has had the vast group. I'm I'm not wrong. Susie's got eight books, but she doesn't have a Facebook group. I mean, she has a small, you know, she has a... um, She's not active on she, social yeah, media like right, that. Right, she's right. right that's true. Um and she's you know, because she's Susie Fishbine, like she's right. amazing. She does her tours, right? But she's not doing the weekly or or um um SD Walby. One day we'll write a book, but she's got her big Facebook group. Right. No one has really come through and I think I do a lot, right? I do newspapers, I have radio, not everyone has radio, I've done a book, but I don't have a Facebook group. Miriam, I think you've done everything. So when you, <laughs> what's left? Oh, no. I'm not saying it to toot her horn because you know I love her. <laughs> I'm saying it because it's I'm stating a fact. Right, I, I do I, have a lot of experience in different aspects of recipe writing and recipe creation. Right, and it's different. And cookbooks are the most intense because there's just no room for error. And you cannot because write. You, you print fifteen thousand cookbooks. They're out there. You can't be like, oh, there's a mistake now. Let's tell those fifteen thousand people who own the cookbook. It's like right. Well, now that's just the mistake. And so you have to be so careful. And that's why there's the round after round after round of editing and then round after round after round of proofreading. And it's just, it's intense. It's, and until you go through it, everyone, I get, I'm sure you get this also all the time. People will, will send me an email or a Facebook message or an Instagram DM and they'll say, you know, I, I want to write a cookbook. Do you have advice? And I think people think I'm pushing them away when I say this and I'm not. I think that if you feel passionate, you should definitely try to work towards writing a cookbook, but you until you're there, and I'm sure you can, you'll agree with me. You can't begin to imagine the level of work that goes into a cookbook. Right. I tell tell people, think about how much work you think it'll be. I'm sure that's a lot. Multiply that by fifty. You're not there yet. Right, and that's why we get upset when you post our. When people, not you, I'm not talking directly to, because my <laughs> well, audience not, would not do that. It's based when on they misunderstanding. Post, right. It would, right, that you can post on social media recipes that belong to Artscroll. It says in the front, all rights reserved, no part of this book may be reproduced in any form, photocopy, electronic media or otherwise, or even personal study group or classroom without permission from the copyright holder except by a reviewer who wishes to quote brief passages. All rights of the copyright, um, the rights of the copyright holder will be strictly enforced. I like to see Gadaya go after people who are putting. No, I'm sure, I'm sure that they would if, if there would be right, a, no, but, a real so, infringement. Um, and I, it's a misunderstanding. And you know what? I've had very, very good experience. My followers, I'm sure yours also, are amazing. And they, just, when people I don't realize, them. that's why one of the reasons I love talking about how much work goes into a cookbook because I want people to understand what it means. 
So when people don't realize what goes into writing a cookbook and coming, you know, from the first idea to write it until you're holding this in your hand, thousands and thousands of hours of work. And money. And, and money. Yeah, a huge amount of money. And people didn't, didn't used to understand that. And now, as me and you and Khani, as we write cookbooks and we talk about it, that we bring awareness to why, you know, it's not like, oh, you're being selfish or, oh, you don't get to own a recipe. Yeah, you do. That's If you take a picture of a page in a cookbook, that is a copyright violation. If you rewrite the whole thing, that's iffy. If you make some changes, maybe it's not a copyright violation. But when you take a picture of a cookbook page, that is a pure and blatant copyright violation. And Unless you, is it, what about if you're using it for yourself? If you're using it for yourself, what I'm saying this if you take a picture of this page this is a copyrighted material right so and same with the, a photo so people don't realize that though they're just trying to be nice so they say oh i made this everybody should make it because it's amazing and everybody should but they don't realize that you know in this day and age of social media where there's facebook groups and there's instagram pages where people can just share as much as they want and that's beautiful except that how do we get back the investment time and money that we put into this book is only if people buy, buy it. the if book. People right. don't buy my book and people don't buy your book. We can't get repaid for that. Right. No. And once people understand that, I find that they're amazing and they really don't share the recipes. Right. So that's been fantastic. I really hope that this uh, everyone of my listeners for the last couple of years, the seven seasons, is going to grab a copy. You know, It's amazing. Okay. I just need to take over the show for a minute, okay? Okay. <laughs> Naomi cannot toot her horn enough because that might come across a little funny. But I just want to tell you. And this is not me. I'm proud of the pictures, don't get me wrong. But the book is amazing. And I can say this because I'm not the author. The book is so amazing that they've, like, okay, so the recipes basically, I would say, do you agree that they're divided into, I would say, travel-inspired, family-inspired, and then just creative recipes because Naomi just has this crazy brain when it comes to food. She thinks of things like turducken capons. Quizza. Quizza. Quiche pizza. It's it's a quiche that tastes like a pizza so that's basically i would say all the recipes could be divided into those three categories right but there's such diversity like recipes from different countries and recipes for different occasions and it's just it's so incredible and naomi i'm blushing i'm blushing (laughs) oh like you know if you don't know naomi personally when you finish reading this book you will because this is naomi this book just really it's it's like an ode to who you are in the food world. And it's funny. And I happen to always use the line perfect. Like, oh, perfect. I'll see you later. Perfect. We'll meet here. This takes perfect. That looks perfect. It's always been a line that I've used. So when we came up with perfect for Pesach, I was just taking a photo of the uh, of one of the dishes that we were and photographing. you're like, hashtag perfect for Pesach. I'm like, this dish looks so perfect for Pesach. I'm like, oh, that's the name of the book. And then we kind of stuck with that perfect thing because it's just part of my brand. I'm cheery. I'm happy. Everything's always perfect. Perfect. But I want to just say that the book is really incredible on like a whole different level. Um, Naomi just put everything into this book. And I personally, I said I moved into the Nachman house for a few weeks and I really got to, um, I got to experience the book. Like I lived it. Like when you go to Naomi's Shabbos table, she brings out a thousand dishes, it feels like. And then she tells everybody to be quiet for a minute so she right. can announce what everything is. Right. So and I love that because I've been to people's houses where they just plunk food on the table and then it's like, I don't even know what it is. So I want to tell a story how this came to be. Sweet, you know, you have a long Shabbos table. The Abba sits at the head of the table. My husband sits at the head. And, I've, you know, I have such, I mean, it's five chairs across so I can have 12 people at my table. Okay, so... So we would sit at one end and I'd bring out all the food and when we'd start taking the food, some would get past, some wouldn't get past. So when I'd clear up, so we would say, oh, so my husband's amazing at cleaning up. He's the best. Like I cook, he helps me clean. He's up wonderful. We have a good partnership. So he'll, he'll like, I don't know what that was on the table. I didn't know that was on the table. So what I then decided to do is I'm going to announce the food. And my friends all got used to that. And I don't take out the food Peace Do you know mail. I started doing this because of you? Oh, yeah. I hope everyone <laughs> starts doing this. Let me know if you start doing it. So what I would do is I don't serve the food like first I plate the schnitzel off the pl- the blech, right? So I put the schnitzel on the plate, on the platter, 
and then I would send it out. I don't do that. I plate everything first. I toss the salad, add the dressing on last minute. No soggy salads. Um, everything gets, and then at once, because your guests say, oh, can I take this out? I'm like, no, it all has to go I out at once. too. So it's like a food parade, right, that goes out. Looks impressive. And then I go, everyone, shh, shh, be quiet. And I hold up my hands and go, I'm going to announce. And if you're watching, I literally do with my hands what I'm doing right <laughs> she now. She does. I can attest. I'm going, to, I'm going to announce exactly what the food is. And then I go through it. I'm like, this is pad thai and this is potato kugel and this is corned beef and the schnitzel and the tomato sauce. I go through everything. I don't do it for the appetizer, just for the main. And that way everybody knows what's on the table to and pace guest, themselves. It's so, it's so appreciated. And people can pace themselves. And Zvi Nachman will know what's on the table. That's important too. That's the most <laughs> biggest reason I do it. So my poor husband will know what's on the table. But I, I think it's really important. So... No, and I love that. And because of you, I started to do that also. And I have a crowd. I think Because, you know, and also that you make sure everybody passes things around. Yeah, keep the food and, rotating. You know, so what I say, you know, it wouldn't have made a good cookbook title. But when we were, you know, Naomi and I spent a lot of time trying to come up with a good title. And oh I kept God, saying. Oh, my God, was impossible. About, that, can I just tell you about seven people emailed me saying, I told you perfect flavors. I, got, I had to scroll up. I'm like, oh, they did. They did? Yeah, it came up. Some of, but I got Could like have saved yourself so much aggravation, Naomi. I know, but uh, you know, you know, I had that with something sweet that I had a contest to find the title, and I, I must, I thought I went through every submission, but I wasn't liking any of them. I must have missed, um, I must have missed it. And then someone suggested something sweet, and I liked it. That's my first cookbook for those of you who don't know. It's a dessert and, book, and it's amazing. And I was, and I liked it. And then I went back and I looked, and some other people had suggested it. Right, and I miss that. Yeah, yeah, I, <coughs> I, I feel a bit bad about that. Um, but um, and thank you for if you do if you did come up with it too. I'm I'm giving you a thank, but there was quite a lot of people in the end that came, it did up. Came, up, came up with it. <laughs> yeah. But, so I kept saying like I wish we could call something about love because Naomi like really you're like you feel Naomi's love when she serves you a meal. Oh, thank you. And that's that's really what you'll feel when you go through the book, and it's amazing. Like as not as the person who didn't write it, I just took the pictures, so I can't take credit for how amazing the recipes are. They're just fantastic. They're so diverse. So like no matter what your taste is, you'll find something to love in it. There's recipes for just quick everyday dinners. And there's recipes for when you want to, you know, host a nice, really fancy yantif meal. And there's everything in between. And it's amazing. And there's also, you know, the ingredients are very diverse. It's not like... But it's everything you can buy at a kosher supermarket. So like some... some um, supermarkets call it one thing and other supermarkets got like Miami ribs are thin cut flunkin. You couldn't find it in, in, in Teaneck, but they found it in the five towns. So I told the person, you know, and I described what right. it is, you know. Because so you're that not, way you can, right. Um, goja Zhang, buy it in Gourmet Glut. If I couldn't buy it in Gourmet Glut, I couldn't when have it in the book. Right. Gourmet Glut was kind of like my Saturday are, uh, you know, I do brand ambassador for them and I, they've been very big supporters of me for the last and I'm a supporter of them. I think that's how we started. We just got along really well, me and the team there. And a lot of Hakara Satov and a big shout out to Gomeglat. Um But we, we, um, I was going to say, I'm sorry, I lost, lost my train of thought there. You but know, if they didn't have an ingredient, right? Then you so didn't if they, use right? It. So if I didn't have an ingredient, I couldn't use it. So sometimes if you are out of town, and a couple of years ago I was in Alaska, I did a catering job um, for Chabad Chagiga, the Chabad Chagiga in Alaska. And they asked me to send the the food, like the um, the ingredients ahead. So when I got there, it would all be waiting for me for us to cook. And there's a one or two things we couldn't find. You can order it on Amazon. Yeah. I, I, you know what I did the other day? I ordered a toothpaste from Amazon. <coughs> I couldn't find the one I liked at CVS, the one in the standing thing. You know, the standing. So you ordered it on, on I ordered it on Amazon. Okay, I had to buy four, but whatever. One for the kids' bathroom, one for my bathroom, one for my travel bag. And one spare, that's, like it was, awesome. it was good. Like Amazon is great, you know, as much as try to support your local. We're talking right. about that, um, you know, the other day, just, you know, keep it local. But I, I think it's really, really important to, if you can't find something, not to leave it out of the recipe. Keep right. the recipe pure. Sometimes you have to plan ahead. There's always Amazon. <laughs> and yeah, and it's, it's like... The thing about the recipes in here, even the ones that use an ingredient like, let's say, gochujang, which is not something that probably everybody has in their kitchen, 
They're no, I'm not. I'm just saying right. it's a, it's a new ingredient to a lot of people, but they're very approachable. It's like try something new in a recipe that other than that is it's very approachable. To, Remember to Mirren? Remember Mirren when you know Susie Fishbein had Mirren in a cookbook once? Like what? What's Mirren? And then now it's like at every Everybody single su- it, yeah. supermarket. You know, I remember when a wedge of Parmesan cheese was almost unattainable. Yeah. Uh, about maybe more than a little bit more than 15 years ago, you could not get a wedge, a good quality wedge of Chavisra uh, Parmesan cheese. And, and now you can. It's like everywhere. Right. You know, so the kosher world, people like kosher.com has great uh, ways to um, show you how to cook and cookbooks and Instagram. And we have so many ways to Look and learn YouTube, right? YouTube yep. is amazing. We, I, I, when I need, want to learn a new skill, I have to go onto YouTube. My husband had to change my car battery um, remote, went onto YouTube to see how <laughs> to do awesome. that. <laughs> it's great. You know, so so there's definitely a lot of learning and growth that we, we could always do. And we always have to up the ante. That's what you feel like when you do a, a cookbook. Like how, how what am I going to teach? Right. What's going to be, what's new? You know, I think that's, should we, should we go back to the pro- process? I actually got some Instagram questions. Remember we said we were going to go live? Okay. So, oh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's answer some questions. Okay. We, we've actually collected a bunch of questions from some of the people from, that have asked me and Miriam, and we're going to actually do it on the air right now. That's a good idea, right? I think it's a okay. great idea. Awesome. It's going to find those questions. But let's keep going through the process. You know, people, p- people ask me this. When you want to develop a recipe, where do you start? They, they, they always – think I'm going to say in the kitchen. I always start at my computer. Researching? No, yeah, researching. And I just write down ideas and then I research. And then sometimes I pull out, I've got cookbooks, hundreds of cookbooks. And I've like for food, I have a good memory. For anything else, I don't know. But I'll bring up, like, I remember once I saw this recipe in this book and the same recipe in another book. And I'll bring them upstairs and I'll have like seven pad thai recipes in front of me. And then I write down and then I start playing around in the kitchen. Some have tamarind in it. Some have tomato paste in it. You know, what's going to be the best? I like my stuff pretty sour, and that's very traditional in Thai cooking. So how many limes am I going to put in? How am I going to offset it with a sugar? Do I really – which kind of sugar am I going to use? So it's like – and then you take it – once I have my notes, I take it down to the kitchen, and then I go to go make lunch, do my shopping, <laughs> and then bring it back to the kitchen, and we start cooking, writing – You taste and adjust, right? Pencil <coughs> and paper. Like my dad, spaghetti bolognese recipes in the book. And he's made an amazing recipe from his head my whole growing up years, and I talk about it in the book. But we had to work out what he put in it. Say, so take an onion. What size onion? Medium or large? So he had to have a look, and, you know, he took it in his hand. They were like, use two of these. So I'm like, okay, two medium onions. You know, wrote that down. How do we saute them, Dad, in oil? How much oil? I don't know. Okay, two tablespoons of oil. I think that that, that was my standard for sauteing in uh, onions right. in oil. Two tablespoons of oil. That's kind of like a rule of thumb for me. Um Rather than just glugging in all this oil. Glug, glug, glug. Glug, glug, glug. Like, and my dad said, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. My dad, I said, he puts red wine into spaghetti bolognese. He goes, ch- very thick Australian accent. He goes, chuck a couple of glugs of red wine in. I'm like, I can't write the word glug. Mrs. <laughs> Isaac Arts Girl won't let me write the word glug in a book. And it's in the book, the story, how we came to measure. So glugs. it's really important to, you know, measure and pour and the right measuring spoons. Yotam Otelengi taught. Uh, speaks about that in one of his books. He says the hardest part about the recipe writing was not the ideas. It's using measuring spoons and measuring it out. It's very hard. For I'm sure you, I mean, I'm, I know you also, when we cook not for a recipe, we don't ever measure. Shitarai so. in Yiddish. How, check out my Yiddish, guys. I'm pretty good. Huh? <laughs> so it's really, it's really hard. Like sometimes you make something and after you're like, this is amazing, but you didn't measure. So you have to try to figure out what you did, right? The worst thing, I make the best salads on Shabbos. Of course. Always. I can't, can't photograph it, can't write it down. Sometimes I leave the ingredients out on the counter until after Shabbos and I'm like, okay, that's what I put in that. <laughs> but, you <laughs> that's know. A smart idea. Right? I'll usually like tell someone, like, remind me that I had a really good idea for a chocolate peanut butter dessert involving, you know, and I'll give them a whole list. This happened one time. And then after Shabbos, I'm like, help me remember. Right, right. It's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. My best ideas always happen on Shabbos. Right. Okay. So, so should we go through yeah, some questions? Yeah, let's go some of the questions. Okay. So people are saying they want to know everything. So we're going through the process. So that's okay. good. Um, let's go to some more specific questions, though. Someone wants to know who makes the food for the pictures. So we discussed that. Yeah. 
me and some of my friends who roll up the sleeves, food bloggers, neighbours. And like, we were producing, what, like 12 things a day? Yeah, we, we shot about 12. The average is about 12. The slow day was 10. The fast day was like 15. Yeah. Uh, the day we did the jacket, cup, uh, the uh, chapter dividers, which is like one of my favourite parts of the book as well, they were just, they turned out magnificent, the pictures between saying what each chapter is. Yeah, sure, sure, that sure, that sure, we sure. did 12 photos in 45 minutes. We were on a roll. No, no right. food well, was Well, that involved. was easier, right? Because It was, was just no laying involved. out the things, but that was insane. And that beautiful pictures of the spices on page 10 is okay, so gorgeous. This is the chat. This is what, we, what we're talking about when we say chapter divider pages, if you're watching. Um, is that lined it's up? Like the, you know, where it says the dough. <laughs> <laughs> where it says that. Here, do you want to hold okay. it? Okay. So, like, where it says dough, and then it has. So, we went through the night before. We planned, you know, what tools, what kitchen tools would we use to make dough? And then for the appetizers, we thought, what kitchen tools would we use? And we came up with an idea to... Um, I look at the appetizers. I, I, all these. Remember, I was a bit nervous about this picture, and yeah. I just, I love so it. Everybody goes crazy. Oh my one. gosh, it's like it's little, bowls, little bowls, and it says appetizers across it because you serve appetizers in little, little bowls, bowls or little plates. Um, so I think we answered that question: Who makes the food? Um, this is a very interesting question. Um, someone wrote: If she likes a recipe, how do you know thousands of other people will too? Ha! Huh. And I think the answer is that. Yeah, I, I want to know the answer. I think that people who are successful in this business have an instinctive understanding of that. Part oh. of it, a big part of it, I think, comes from the fact that we hear so much feedback from our followers. Right. So you post a recipe on Instagram and you hear people love it versus you hear crickets, which means nobody was interested, and you kind of scrap that. So right. I think hearing feedback, but there's also just like a kind of innate understanding of what people are looking and, for. Right. Staying on top of the trends, staying on top of, you Knowing know, Knowing what flavors people. and marriage of flavors go together, I think. But is then there's also an aspect of recipe testers. Right. So that's a whole nother process that we didn't even talk about. Right. Which is that every recipe was sent to how many people? Every people? recipe was <clears> tested <throat> minimum, minimum three times. I want to say some were probably written. By other people. By other people outside of In addition of me. to all of your testing. Right. Plus, so, yeah, yeah, that's that was. I think that's important to know, right? It really is because it's not like you hope people will like it. You have a lot of people tasting it. Plus, you know, we had so many people always constantly running through the house while we were doing the photo shoots, and they all were feasting. Right? Yeah. Except yeah. I had to like yell at them, like, "No, we didn't take pictures of that yeah, one yet. You can't taste it. Not even that. a tiny piece." Yeah. <laughs> um. So we just answered this one. Also, someone asked how many times each recipe is tested. And we just discussed that other people tested at least three times. But how many times would you say you tested the average recipe? Like minimum, probably. Minimum three, sometimes ten, and sometimes like I nailed this right away. You know, so yeah. you know the Quita went through a lot of rounds of testing till I got it just right. Um, Moroccan chicken. Um, just trying to think. You know, yeah, yeah, your yeah, brain gets a little. The ribs, I made the ribs a lot. The brisket, I made a lot. And I would oh, serve it to my guests. I would serve it to my guests week after week. And you say, I'm sure you say, like, I want honest feedback. Yeah, yeah. This is not, don't just compliment me. My family was br is always brutally honest. And that's funny because that was just literally another question. Somebody wrote, who tests the recipes besides you? Are the people brutally honest? And the answer is, you bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, we, had very... some, we had some feedback. Um... Well, okay, the BLT salad had actually had to change the dressing because oh, really? it was not good. She made it and she's like, Naomi, I've got to tell you. And I don't know her. Like, now we know each other because I had many conversations with her. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it. I've made it before. And, and you know what? There was a miss thing when she got it, a miss uh, point when she got it. She didn't have the mayonnaise part. It's supposed to be creamy. It's supposed to have like a half a cup of mayonnaise. That what. And then she knew something was wrong, so she emailed me right away. I'm like, I looked it up in my computer. I'm like, half a cup of mess. So she added that in. She still said it was bad. And I'm like, okay, I'm going back to the drawing board. I'm going to fix it. What did you do? So it was, she found it too lemony. Mm -hmm. For me, you can never have a not, not, not enough lemon, and there wasn't enough salt. So we adjusted the lemon, just the salt. And if you want it more lemony, we'd say in the recipe, doing uh. more lemony. And, and the, the recipe came together beautifully in the end. So I was very proud of that. But we, but this is why recipe testers are so I really appreciated that. And then, you know, there's a few things that made me nervous. And I'm like, I need other people to test this besides me. So, yeah. Right. 
Um, okay, another question is, well, we discussed this. We actually answered a lot of these questions. I'm like reading through them, trying to find the ones that we didn't. Um, somebody asked, how long does it take to give out a recipe book? Like you need to cook all the food first. So, What does that mean? I think she probably meant the photo shoot part of it. Which is, we got a lot of questions about that. So should we talk a little more about the photos? Yeah. I did those. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I think I think now, and I just want to say, and when I took the train here this morning uh, from Woodmere to Penn Station, a friend of mine was also on the train, and she goes, I would never buy a book that doesn't have a picture for every recipe. Yeah, you know, 10 years ago it was normal not to. You know, I was talking to Mrs. Eisner about some of Susie's first books. I am great friends with Susie. I love her. I work for her at, at the Culinary Institute. I, I'm like her big fan. I learned I learned to reinvent my cooking and, you know, when I was a young married and, and her books came out. Um, and, and, you know, like we looked at her first book. I'm like, wow, like Susie's a gadol hador in the food world, right? <laughs> I don't know how to make say that in feminine. Gadola, gadola hador, gadola hador. There you go. Yeah, probably. Right. Good job, There Naomi. you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a degree in education, in Jewish education, and my grammar is terrible. Um, <laughs> Not as bad as mine. <laughs> and she she um hardly had any pictures in her book, and sometimes if she did, it was a tiny little square. Right. Right. Like she had gorgeous chapter dividers, front and back. Gorgeous, but not everything had a. It right. wasn't done back then. And Art Scroll, and let's talk about how awesome Art Scroll is. They're amazing. That, that they put out the highest, quality the highest quality. Books. And we're not just saying you can tell. You know, Leia Shapiro, Victoria Dweck, Miriam Pascal, Daniela Silva, amazing. Like who have I left out? Honey, I forgot. Oh my God, Honey, we, Honey, you've done amazing. Honey's book is like a rock star. You know, it's great. Amazing. I'm like, I'm scared to be the book that follows her. Um, and and um, and Renee Mala, like. Everything has, you know, the later books, everything has a recipe. I think from Fresh That's and Easy funny. onwards. And some and, and, and some of Susie's later books. Most of yeah, definitely. Most of her later books for sure. For sure. It, it can't be that, you know, it the world changed. Now the world changed. It's visual. But you know what? I wanna say that there's there is it's not only about, you know, I mean there's definitely an um, definitely an element in looking through a book and it's appealing. Like this looks delicious, so now you're gonna go and say, Hmm, I wanna make it. But there's an, also an element I'm so hungry. Where, yeah, I can't even look at my book. I want to eat physically oh, eat my book. Oh, you have any snacks for you? You have snacks in your bag for me, Mia? Always. Oh, maybe. All right, we'll go out to eat after the show. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Do you want food? No. You're not going to eat on air? No, we've got three they're, minutes left. We're oh, good. Okay, they're going to miss that. It's Erev <laughs> Shabbos. So we're listening to this Erev Shabbos. <laughs> but, so there's definitely an element of the, the we'll pictures appeal to you and make you want to make the recipes. But there's also an element of it helps you to know what it looks like. Right. And especially and people really who important. aren't such good cooks and don't right. have people are I, more I don't, confidence. They're not confident. So, you know, even let's say I'm looking at the Thai chicken spring rolls, which are delicious. And I love this photo. I love that. You know, you know, when I was at I was at Disney last week yeah. and I was in the Asia um, Epcot, Epcot Center yeah. and, and I was they had this plate. No, nah, I promise you. I told Sophia, I go, this is in my book. <laughs> I should have taken a, a photo. First, they copied me. There you go, <laughs> copyright Disney. Anyway, um, but like you know, you don't know. For example, you might not realize that an egg roll should be a lot skinnier. I mean, a, a spring roll should be a lot skinnier than an egg roll. But the picture helps you realize, right? And also, we explain the di- the difference between a spring spring roll wrapper and an egg roll wrapper. Right. One has eggs in it. Guess which one? Okay. <laughs> but like, and it's also this is something I noticed. Like, and just I'm sharing this what what Miriam and I experienced um, together. Like, Miriam took this photo. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I love that photo. You know, she's like, wait till you see it in the book and laid out. Right. Because right. looking there at a picture one through where a phone. I sent you, because for the most part, Naomi was there. I take all the pictures on my iPad. I control my camera through my iPad. So when you see it on the big iPad screen. You, you take your pictures from it. a camera that's controlled by the app, iPad. I just want to make yeah, that clear. Oh, yeah. No, not on the iPad camera. That would not be good quality for print. But um, when you see the full screen, the full size picture, you can see it, but there was like one time Naomi had to leave early for a chopped competition, yeah. and I sent her like a tiny little preview photo, and she's like, "It was the two duck and capons, wasn't it?" I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was. And Naomi's like, "I don't know. I don't love it." I was like, "Everybody seeing it here loves it." I was like, "When you get home and you see it in the full size on my iPad screen, I think you'll love it too." And you did. Right? Okay. And also, 
when I see it in the book, I like it even more. Yeah, yeah. You know, so something just so picture tells I keep a thousand my words. Hands over the book, like, I know it's crazy. It's picture, look. Do you remember it, this? This is the ceviche. So I sent, which is traditionally a Central and Southern American dish, and I sent it to my friend. Uh, shout out to Michelle Ohion, to um, who lives in Panama, to actually test it to be as authentic as it can. Um, she said you, it's not so authentic because it's Shivam Simanim ceviche. So you don't really have simanim in, you know, like pomegranate seeds and apples in and carrots with ceviche. But she liked the whole how I came. Twist on it. The twist on it. So she, she appreciated yeah. that afterwards. Okay. Well, Miriam, our hour is up. That was fun. Can we well, do another hour? I know, right? <laughs> After Well, we've got Kosher Fest coming up and the okay. and the book launch. We've got a couple tickets left to the book launch. So uh, don't we miss have to it. See the it. event of the year. It's going to be, Nachum and Miriam are going to be there. It's going to be amazing. And this Miriam is going to be there too. And Miriam. Miriam. Pascal. You have to think Miriam, about my name no, for a minute. No, I was saying Miriam Rosenthal and oh. there was another Miriam. Oh, Miriam no. Blander. Oh, that, oh, was she coming too? Yeah, yeah, and Reva. Awesome. <laughs> it's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Go pick up at your local Judaica store. If you don't live near a Judaica store, um, go to Amazon and you can purchase it on Amazon or artscroll.com too. Uh, we have music sponsored by Friends. Kerem, right. Up until Lichbenching, we can dance in the kitchen while we cook. Shabbat shalom, everyone.